Well, we are we are doing well, and uh, it was a beautiful day. It was an interesting vantage point to come up the mountain today and see all the beautiful leaves, and uh, it was a good drive. <laughs> and enjoyed it, and it's a great joy to be with you. And uh, please keep things in order here, okay? The leaves and the trees. Please keep just everything in order. I'd appreciate that very much. <laughs> because uh, I have a new perspective on those things. And um, I long to preach a sermon to you this morning from Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And it was very interesting to sit down this week in the midst of all that was going on. And um, put a little CD on that was given to me in the quietness of that time, and uh, was able to prepare this sermon. And it was a joy. (laughs) Philippians chapter 1. And I'm actually going to read the first 11 verses because I wanted the whole context. So listen with me to Paul's uh, words here in Philippians. And specifically pay attention to verse 6 is going to be our text this morning. Hear then the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit bless it to your heart. And I better, let's see, let me do this. I've got two translations. Preston, I found my old New American Standard Bible. (laughs) The old one, I found it. But uh, let me read from the ESV this morning. Hear then the word of the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, the first 11 verses. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless, for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And may God then add His blessing uh, to this uh, introduction of the Apostle Paul to the Philippian Christians. Uh, This message is uh, a message that reflects upon the work in the life of the Apostle Paul up to this point, 
But then also in his remembrance of the work that is going on at Philippi. It is, uh, Philippians is a small letter. It's commonly called one of the prison epistles. Uh, it's very interesting, the context, however, that this book, Philippians, is filled with many statements of confidence. That, that you have to ask the question, where in the world does this man, the Apostle Paul, get this confidence in the light of his circumstances? He, he's in prison. Um, he, he is about to lose his life for the sake of the gospel. He, uh, his enemies have been after him from the start. He, he has had to face all sorts of difficulties and obstacles. And yet he comes through with this letter <laughs> to the Philippians, his last letter to them, before he goes home to be with the Lord. And, and it is filled with a different tone rather than pessimism, rather than discouragement. Guess what? This little book is commonly called the Epistle of Christian Joy. Isn't that amazing? It is called, but I call it the Epistle of, uh, of God's work in the life of not only of the Apostle Paul, but in the life of the Philippians. This is a, this is a book that is filled with, with many themes. Uh, one of those themes is servanthood. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. That little word in the Dutch and in, in the German is uh, the Kirk. You know where the wee Kirk is in Linville? <laughs> well, let me tell you about that word, Kirk. It's Scottish as well, Alex. We'll, we'll give you credit for that. <laughs> but it, it's one, you know, it comes from the word, the Greek word, kurios, Lord. And you know what it means? It's another word for the church. Ones that belong to the Lord. Don't you like that? So maybe Fellowship Kirk wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> we could express it that, uh, that we are ones that belong to the Lord. And I, and I want you to remember that, who you are. And the Apostle Paul, it's not about his circumstances, but it's about reminding them who is the Lord in their life. Of all of their circumstances. And it's a, it's a great uh, book about servanthood. And I love Paul and Timothy. He doesn't leave Timothy out. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. And that's what you are as the church. And I encourage you to remember that. Remember servanthood as one of the themes of Philippi. As uh, Paul is about to step away. Timothy is going to step in. Matter of fact, first and second, first and second Timothy are great books to study in terms of transition. They, they are tremendous books to look at, and I encourage you to do that. One of the second themes that you find in this little book is, is prayer. The Apostle Paul expresses his affection for the Philippian church through prayer. And I want you to see that connection. It's one thing to care about your church, but the Apostle Paul gives us an example 
that in his affection, in his care for the church, he prays with what? He doesn't just pray in the Spirit, but what? He prays with joy. (laughs) He prays with joy upon every remembrance of them. Why? Because he says, you all were partakers with me from the beginning (laughs) in terms of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, uh, the Apostle Paul remembered the work that had taken place at Philippi, and he held that in his heart, and for a good reason. And we're going to talk about that in, in just, just a minute. I hope that prayer is very much a part of your, uh, of, of your life in the life of this church. Verse 6, however, comes to um, what I think to be a part of the heart of this particular little epistle. And uh, it is dealing with the very theological depths of our salvation and redemption in Christ. For as the Apostle Paul is remembering them and he's saying that he, he prays with joy at every remembrance of them, th- there is a certain confidence that he expresses uh, that, that every Christian here ought to hold on to with great care. And this is what he says in verse 6, and this is his confidence. His circumstances are poor. Not very good, but his confidence is great. You need to ask the question, why? Why is this man's enthusiasm, his confidence at such a height, at such a low point for him and the Philippian Christians? And this is why. And he says in verse 6, I, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to perfection and completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Apostle Paul was aware, even though he was not there, he was aware that, that there was a work going on in the Philippian church. He, he was aware that there was something very positive happening among the Philippian Christians. And because he knew that there was something going on in the life of the Philippian church, he too shared in that confidence, even in his circumstances, uh, that same confidence He knew that that same work that was going on in the Philippian church was a work that was going on in his own life as well. And so therefore, even um, in his circumstances, um, the Apostle Paul declared it often. He says, when I am weak, when I am weak, then I'm strong. Why? How, How is this man able to say that? Because he knew that there was a work going on in his life. And there was a work going on in the Philippian church. And there's a work going on in Fellowship Church as well. You know, don't you? And that work was not simply an external work. We, we talk about um, the external work of God. And we ought rightly to do so in the Great Commission and what God calls our hands to do, we ought to do it as unto the Lord and with joy and uh, with thanksgiving, praying for the fruit 
thereof. But, dear friends, this morning I want to point you to uh, another work that goes on in the life of the church. And that work is the work that is going on in you. The work of the church that not you are doing, but the work that's going on in you spiritually. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, that there is a, there is a work, and it's a powerful ministry and a powerful work. And uh, the Apostle Paul wants to remind them of that work in their lives. And what is, what is that work? And for, for I am confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion or will bring it to pass, will bring it to perfection in the day of Christ Jesus. Well, um, this book and this verse 6 brings us into the heart of our theology. You ought to be concerned about theology because you ought to be concerned about your relationship with God. And that's what theology is. Did you know that? Some people say the Theology is the study of God. Well, don't say it so coldly, <laughs> please. Theology is the joy of knowing your God through Christ. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> knowing the depth of the riches of Christ and His love for you. Oh, my. <laughs> boy, it makes... It puts a little bit twist, different twist on theology, doesn't it? And guess what? The Apostle Paul uh, reminds the Philippian Christians. And of course, he says, don't you feel sorry for me? I'm down here in jail. <laughs> and things look pretty bad. Don't you really feel bad for me? And that's not what Paul says. Paul says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you... And by the way, Paul says in some sense what? And me, <laughs> he who began a good work in you, me, will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. You see, this, this little letter is about the depths of salvation that is in Jesus Christ. It's, it's about the far-reaching implications of that relationship that you have with Christ and he wants to remind himself, he wants to remind the Philippian Christians, listen, don't you judge things by simply the circumstances of the world. Don't you do that. You remember who it is that is at work. You hear? But we have confidence in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. My dear friends, uh, this is not a work that's uh, external. This is a work uh, that is being performed, not by you and not by me, but it is the work that God is performing. He who began 
Oh, oh, wait a minute. What did that say? Personal pronoun. He who began a good work in you will bring it to pass and completion in the day of Christ Jesus. My dear friends, uh, I remind you this morning of the great doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. And the per- perseverance of the saints, uh, um, I can grunt. I can, I, I, I'm the little engine that could. <laughs> no, I'm usually the little engine that can't. <laughs> but boy, do we have a powerful God who can and who will. And by the way, I want to remind you who does work in your life. And He won't stop. He won't stop regardless of circumstances. It is, it is He that is at work. He who began. Oh, where did that begin? You know, I really love the Apostle Paul, don't you? And, and I just know that the Apostle Paul had such a great love for God, didn't he? Well, man, in his own flesh, he loved God so much that he wanted to persecute you and send you to prison <laughs> for your faith. Isn't that interesting what man takes with the knowledge and the things of God? The Apostle Paul was such a great man. <laughs> he, he wanted to take you to prison and keep you there, and he felt like he was doing it for God. No, um, at that point in time, little did the Apostle Paul know what salvation in Christ was really about. And I want you to know that in the context of this sermon, that it was not the Apostle Paul who initiated this relationship. If God had not acted on the road to Damascus, the Apostle Paul would still be in his humanistic ideas of what it meant to serve God that he didn't know. And he would have been lost forever. But as it is, God in His mercy and in His sovereignty initiated a work in Paul's heart and stopped him dead cold on the road to Damascus. And I want you to know that Paul didn't ask for that. Paul didn't initiate that. Who initiated that? He who began, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Don't you know who it is that is at work in you? It is God Himself. That should amaze you. That God cares and loves you enough to stop you cold in your tracks. Have you been stopped yet? Do you have evidence that God is at work in your heart? Do you love the Lord? Aren't you amazed that God loves us? Even while we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. There's a picture here that 
the Apostle Paul gives us of great assurance. He gives us that which we need to carry the day. It is a confidence that Christians should be aware of. When the Apostle Paul, I thought about the Philippian Christians. I was looking over back in Acts the other night, Acts 14. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had gone out on missionary journey and uh, they had come back to Antioch in Acts chapter 14. And when they came back to Antioch, uh, they gave a report to the church. You remember a report as to... Uh, as to all the things that took place, but I want you to read. I want to read something to you. Um, and when they had appointed elders for them in that church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed, and that's one of the churches. And they passed through Presidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, uh, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed on to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the to the grace of God for the work that, that that had been accomplished. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report not what he and Barnabas did, but listen what the apostle Paul says. They began to report all things that God had done with them. They began to report all things that God had done with them. Sometimes we think too highly of ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we think it's our work. But I tell you what, my dear friends, if you are engaged in the things of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ... Be thankful and know Him who is at work in you. Amen? They began to report all things that God had done with them and how He opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And you go over to Acts chapter 16 and the Apostle Paul's praying and he wants to go to Asia. He's on one of these journeys. He wants to go, he wants to go to Asia. And he set on that. And so what happens? And it says, and the Spirit of God took exception. <laughs> and said, uh, no, uh, you're not going to Asia. And they ha he has a dream. And there's a man, what? From Macedonia. And the man from Macedonia says, what? Come over and help us. <laughs> Come over and help us. And so Paul... And Timothy are led over into Macedonia. And when he gets to Macedonia, uh, isn't it interesting? Uh, we have already heard about what God has done to, in the Thessalonican church. <laughs> we, we heard about how God has so worked. And you've, you guys over there in Thessalonica have turned from idols to serve the living and true God. Boy, talking about pre-evangelism. <laughs> Somebody's at work here. <laughs> even even the people at Philippi are prepared to receive the things. Well, he gets to he gets to Philippi and he doesn't receive such a great reception in terms of himself. As a matter of fact, what uh, what happens? Well, 
you know, uh, he says, well, no, nobody at the synagogue's listening to me. <laughs> so I guess I'll just go down by the river and just kind of see what's going on down there. And guess what? He he goes down and he meets uh, a lady called Lydia, who's a seller of purple. And, and guess what happens? Out of nothing, out of nothing. And the Lord leading, the Lord leading, not us leading, the Lord leading Paul and Timothy. Preaching. The Bible says, and the Lord opened Lydia's heart to understand the Scriptures. Oh, my dear friends, don't you know how the Philippian church started? Don't you know how it started? He who began a good work in you. It was not Paul. It was not Timothy. It was not Lydia. It was the Lord who initiated His love to Lydia and opened her heart to love Him and to become one of the first members of the Philippian church. There on the honorary role of first members. <laughs> Isn't that a great distinction? <laughs> yes, it is a great distinction if you understand that it is the Lord who initiated that in your life and not you. And then guess what? Uh, Apostle Paul and Timothy are going along and and sometimes adversity is pretty difficult and there's this girl who's filled with a with a demon <laughs> and uh, she begins to speak following Paul and Timothy and she begins to speak to them I know who you are I know who you are Paul that you serve you serve this one called Jesus and uh what <laughs> and the Lord saves her as a matter of fact the city gets upset because once she gets saved the money maker stops <laughs> And here, this girl who had been possessed with a demon, the Lord has saved, and is now walking with Paul and Timothy and Lydia. And the people are saying, what in the world's going on? We're not able to sell any more idols through this girl. Boy, the Lord does deliver, doesn't He, in the face of adversity? Can deliver. Don't you ever underestimate God in terms of your prayers to Him, in terms of what He can do in the lives of people? And so here's, here's the Philippian church. Paul, Timothy, Lydia, and the demon-possessed girl. <laughs> By the way, did she prophesy right? She did say the truth, didn't she? That's pretty interesting. Satan has a way of manipulating that too, doesn't he? But God saved and so the city gets upset with Paul and Timothy, and guess what? They get thrown in jail. Well, boy, that's a good beginning for the church. <laughs> Pastor Tim, if you come, <laughs> I hope you don't get thrown in jail. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. They get thrown in jail. Can I ask you a question as you know Scripture? Was that just by coincidence? Was Paul and Timothy helpless at the authorities? They, they certainly had to concede to the hands of those who put them in jail. 
But listen, did Paul and Timothy and those there stop praising God even within the cell? Never. They did not. Matter of fact, they, they were in the middle of the night. And you remember the story of, of the Philippian church. Um, they were singing praises to God. You see, <laughs> what confines you in terms of your praise to God? Is it your idols? Is it things that you would rather spend time doing? Did you know that there is, in the light of understanding that it is God who has initiated His work in your heart through Christ, there should be nothing that you don't desire above honoring and praising Christ and serving Him. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You ought always be first in your heart and your life. But they didn't have to be concerned about sale. They sat in the sale and they praised God. And what? At night, what happens? By the power of God, the sail doors fly open. There's the brightness of the presence of God. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Don't you love that? The brightness of the presence of God in a very dim, dark place called a jail cell. Don't you know that the glory of God can shine in a lot of places and your heart ought not to be troubled? Because of your circumstances. You ought to know your God and love Him and wait on Him in many respects as you pray. And those doors were open. And that miracle took place for a purpose and a reason, that demonstration of power, didn't it? You know, it was the establishment of the Philippian church. <laughs> did, you know, did you know that? And so the Philippian jailer gets out his sword and he's responsible for all the prisoners. <laughs> I, listen, I can't go face my commander tomorrow. I might as well go ahead and kill myself now because I'm going to be put to death because I let all the prisoners go. Paul says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We're still here. <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't gone. We haven't gone anywhere. My dear friends, that very night, the Philippian jailer came to know Jesus Christ and all the fullness of His power and His salvation. For I am convinced of this very thing. I am convinced of this very thing. That He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ. And my dear friends, I, I love Scripture as it goes forward. Think, think about the beauty of this and God's work in them. The Philippian jailer begins now to fellowship not only with the Lord, but with those who are his children, Paul and Timothy. A used-to-be demon-possessed girl. <laughs> the most unlikely converts. By the way, the C.S. Lewis thing is coming up. The most unlikely convert. I, I really want to see that. going to be presented just one night, so I hope you'll look for that. The most unlikely convert, a, a used-to-be demon-possessed girl. Boy, a businesswoman. Man, a businesswoman. Did you know Lydia uh, supported Paul much after that experience and helped establish and root the Philippian church? The thing I wanted to say was that after... The Philippian jailer is, is brought with power to Christ. 
to see the hand of God and the power of God and the work of God and the salvation of God. Guess what? He doesn't stop with just commitment to God. He brings his whole family. You remember? The Philippian jailer and his whole house. As for me and my house, uh uh-oh, I love this one. What? Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Philippian jailer says, come on, (laughs) whether you like it or not, (laughs) all under my household (laughs) are God's. Love the perspective. And you know, the book of Peter, First Peter, expresses it very well. First Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen, who according to His great mercy has caused us according blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His great mercy He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. For I am convinced of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He will see to it. Lonnie, in all your feebleness, in all your weakness, all that you are as a person, in all of your inability, it is God Himself who's going to bring it to pass. He has brought us alive to a living hope reserved in heaven for you. Amen? And boy, if you've got a reservation, I tried to get a reservation at the Best Western, couldn't do it. The leaves were out. (laughs) Plus it was costly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Reserved in heaven for you and it's not Best Western. (laughs) Don't you love that? And not only that, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Whose workmanship are you? Can I ask you the question again? Whose workmanship are you? Who made you? By the way, can I ask the question in a different way? Who made you again spiritually and brought you to spiritual life? For we are, I love the personal pronouns, don't you? But we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the life to which He's called us. 
Don't you know who is at work in you, my friends? And listen, honor that with fear and trembling. Because the same Lord who is at work in you is at work in me. Regardless of my circumstances. Amen? What are you confident of this morning? Are you confident in your relationship to the Lord? How do you know that God is at work in you? Well, I'll tell you a few indications is that the Holy Spirit begins to work through the Word of God, opening your heart to understand your need in sin. That's usually about where it begins. Spiritually, the Holy Spirit works within you when the Word of Christ is proclaimed. And He makes you aware of who you are before Him and who He is in His glory and His holiness and His righteousness. And then all of a sudden, you, well, you know, I'm not so bad as that other person. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not like. Have you ever tried to justify yourself? Well, I've tried to do that one or two times. Can I say for you who tried it, it just doesn't work? <laughs> I tried, it don't work. <laughs> you see, dear friends, God opens our hearts that He is there. and That He is a God who has a right to our life because He is the one who made us. You are His by virtue of creation, but you are His by virtue of redemption as well. You have been bought with a price. Did you hear Scripture? You have been bought with a price and you are not your own. You are not. You belong to Christ. You are the weaker (laughs) <laughs> of Crossnor, not Lindell. <laughs> Crossnor. You are the ones who belong to the Lord. You are His. You need to rest in the arms of the one to whom you belong. And you need to watch Him do great things. I can speak to some of you in this room and I can ask you what God has done in your life. Could some of you bear witness and testify what God has done in your life? Yeah, me too. And I know some of what God has done in some of your lives. I've watched it. And I've been amazed at God's work in you. My dear friends, please turn your heart to the Lord. And this day, this Lord's day, trust Him to complete that work that He's begun in you. And my dear friends, I'm, I, I've tried to be the ultimate optimist because God is at work. And I, and I love to watch Him work. and I love to see what He does in your life. And then He gives us a, the Spirit gives us a hatred for sin as we're taught in Scripture. He gives us a heart for His Word. Uh, gives us an understanding of the nature of our sin. And I would ask you the question, if you want to know whether God is at work in your heart today in the Lord, um, 
Have you been brought to an awareness of your sin and your need before God? Have you been brought to an awareness that God did send His Son into the world in order to die for sinners and pay the price that we couldn't pay? Do you realize the most ultimate basic need that you have in your life of redemption in His name? If you have come to that position, can I say to you that God most likely has begun a very good work in your heart. Because those things are just not readily received, are they? Spiritual things are not spiritually discerned and readily received among fallen man. There has to be an intervention of God in the heart of man. My heart. Man, I'll tell you what, as I get older, I just don't trust this heart of mine. I get really concerned about some of my forgetfulness. <laughs> I'm still looking for that screwdriver. <laughs> but aren't you glad that our hope is in a God who is at work even in spite of my weaknesses? Oh, my Oh my, who is at work in you? I thought about the verse this week. Are you greater than our father Abraham? They said to Jesus. Jesus says, I, I know Abraham. But I'm not sure about you. You are of your father what? You're of your father, the devil. And boy, that shook my, that shook my tree. Lord, I pray that it will never be said. When I face the Lord, you're of your father, the devil. And I tell you this morning, if you're not in Christ, you're of your father, the devil. How important is the gospel? How important is Christ's love for you? in terms of the things that He has shown you, O church. Love Him from the heart for His work in you. Walk with Him daily. What has He required? But did you do justice? You know it, don't you? What has He required of you but to do justice? And love mercy. Oh, don't you hear it? And walk humbly with your God. Amen? Amen. May the Lord be with you. Another sign that you know that you are one of the Lords on whom He's at work is when you begin to have a true love for holiness. Please, somebody say amen. When you begin to have a love for righteousness of God and love for holiness and you desire to do what is pleasing in His sight, Not mine, not the church's, but you desire to please Him with your whole life. My dear friends, then you know that you can be confident of this very thing. That He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord. And I love that expression. We didn't get to go into the day of the Lord. But the day of the Lord is a beautiful thing. And Paul says what? He who began a good work in you is going to take it where? 
all the way to that day when the Lord comes again. And we're taken into the very heaven of God and we become full citizens of that, of that, that kingdom where the Lord dwells. I love Hebrews. For the people who live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ are people who claim that they're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God where righteousness dwells. Don't you love it? And I saw a new heavens, a new earth coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for the groom. There are no more tears, no more disease, no more death. For the former things have passed away. Do you long for that day? Don't you want a different world? in the world of sin that we live in, don't you know that you who are Christians already have eternal life? Don't you know? Because you know Jesus Christ. And the fullness of the richness of that relationship is reserved in heaven for you by Him who has caused you to be born again. Amen? To whom belongs the glory forever and ever? To whom belongs the glory forever and ever? To the Lord. May the Lord help us serve Him as the church. We need godly, biblical, Christ-centered churches in these days, don't we? I pray with you. I pray for you. In all my remembrance of you with joy. In my prayers. You pray for me. Amen? I will pray for you. Let's just see what God does. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for Your people. Thank You for Your church. I thank You for the way Paul loved the Philippian church. Lord, I I thank You for the confidence that You placed in the Apostle Paul because it was Your work in him. I'm sure that if Paul was here, that he would proclaim God's initiative in his life, that from all of eternity and from the beginning, he was in God's hands. He just just didn't realize that in his sin. And Lord, I find men, women, boys and girls today still unwilling to acknowledge God in their life. That it is God who is at work, both to will and to do His good pleasure in our life. And Lord, some of us are not just willing to confess it and admit it. But I pray, Lord, You would continue to work in their lives and our lives, showing us more and more of Your work in us until we get home. Lord, uh, we're we're just passing through and we're just getting ready. Lord, how I love this verse as a reminder that we can be confident that you who began a good work in us will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for that promise. And I pray that this congregation would rest in the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his word. In Jesus' name I pray.